0: What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? My name is Jade. Thoroughly enjoying the new dig, Simon. What do you, what do you think of the new layout? Real fast.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Jade and Hannah. Lovely to be Hannah. here. Thank you for having me. Uh, as always, the I mean the new layout. Jade is just.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chef's kiss, it's beautiful <laughs> loving loving the revamp
0: good now, stuff now I, I will say this I, I'm not totally convinced about the purple uh, myself but, but it's an iterative process and we'll see how it goes but if you're at home and you're looking at this and you have an opinion about it, do let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. But Simon, how's your week been? Oh, it's been pretty full on, mate. Um just finally been able to have
1: some of my own personal time in the weekend instead of working. So it's been good to actually get back out on the golf course. Thanks that it's level three. Um, even though I may look like a young strapping lad, my hobbies are quite um senior. I like
0: a bit of golf and a bit of surfing. Ah. Uh- I wouldn't say that surfing is a senior sport, so you know, mm. surfing's really cool, man.
1: The way I surf it's a pretty senior sport. <laughs> Nothing
0: too uh, um extreme. And also joining us, sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't, but today she is. My good friend and lovely assistant mm-hmm. Hannah. Hi. How's it going, Hannah?
2: Great, thanks, you're right.
0: <clears throat> What's the team. latest?
2: Um, It's great to be now in level 3 and, you know, just been another busy week, but having a lovely chilled weekend and I hope everyone's doing well.
0: Yep, and um, today is episode 6 of the Heroes What We Know podcast and no no particular reason why we kind of, like, rebranded now. As I said before, it's iterative. We just wanted to do it. What I am excited about happening uh, today is we are going to be having a guest on the show. Cool. So, someone known to me, Mahia, is connected to the Freedom New Zealand movement. Cool. Uh, that's happening on the 2nd of October. Uh, I'm just really interested in what they're trying to achieve so at the top of the hour today uh, we're going to get into that but for now ladies and gentlemen the scenes might change but some things don't and the one thing that doesn't is the question of the day and I told these guys before we came on this afternoon it's more of a request not a question
2: So, you ready? Okay,
0: yeah. Let's go, Jade. Let's get into it. So, the question of the day... Well, the statement of the day is... Reveal your takeaway exploits. Simon, do you want to go first? Oh, happily.
1: (laughs) So, are we looking for... um, just from going into level three or just some from, takeaway level, three. Export, yeah, okay, from right. level three right i mean i've got it in my head i remember the first morning of um <laughs> of being able to, to get takeaways for lunch i went out to the bakery got myself a uh, steak and cheese pie and a uh a cheese and vegetable quiche with a coconut latte to wash it all down man coconut that,
0: latte this yeah,
1: guy i i um if i have coffee normally it's black so it was a little bit of a treat and i don't really drink the cow's milk too much so i I had coconut milk instead which is delicious and um i didn't really uh, expect it but i should have but after that first proper coffee you know Mm -hmm. i was like a feeling a little bit shaky um just shows you that those nespresso pods and the kind of instant coffee just isn't the same as the proper one
2: yeah
1: um and then since then i've had uh I had some uh, Chinese takeaways, which was some, what was it, barbecue pork and shrimp uh, fried rice with a uh, combination meat, chopped suey on the side, and some wontons, that was delicious. And um, for lunch today, I had a soul bowl, which was <laughs> Korean fried chicken on rice with some um, vegetables, and that was... So good with some Kugma fries on the side.
0: Wow. Yeah. Simon has totally got into it, guys. Yeah. That that is decent, Simon. So I have been a little bit more uh conservative than you, I'm gonna have to say. Yeah, good stuff. Um, um
2: can uh, I just go first. Yeah. Please. The, please. the reason please. why i g I wanna go first is because um Hannah's you know, going to tell the truth. We live together. <laughs> yeah. So, I will actually say the first morning when I could, um, I woke up and Jade said, so instead of getting over eight can you go get a coffee? And then the next thing was, oh, you can pick up some McDonald's, can't you too, for breakfast? <laughs> so, the thing I want to say is, um, great, I went to McDonald's, um, Our was at McDonald's, and they're not doing contactless deliveries. Um, they're not doing contactless pickups. That is literally, but they were quite happily, uh, doing pickups for Uber. So, it's Uber weird. drivers. So I thought that was really bad. Um, that
1: is pretty weird.
2: it was great. Just went next door and got a Starbucks just a good old cappuccino for Jade and a latte for me and I have to say Simon, I was feeling a bit shaky afterwards too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was really good Um, and it's been interesting to know what else is available and I have to say the one thing I haven't had uh, is Chinese and I'm feeling like it and the difference is and I would have thought of that I would have thought why not uh there has been no um subsidy no discounts for Uber Eats you know for the delivery I thought wow wouldn't you do a delivery but our local pizza store which we haven't gone to they're literally doing discounted delivery i thought wow good on you over to you jade you can say what we've had and tell us the truth
0: um so so i just want to stay with that point but first of all uh we'll go to the chat it looks like Berland is in the chat so it's sort of feeling like we're not paying attention (laughs) to him Berland, so good to see you thanks for being here um, in terms of what you're saying, yeah, I have been really surprised how there, there's been no delivery discounts, I suppose, if you're, if you're a company and you have as much leverage as you do at the moment, why, why wouldn't you take advantage? Uh, I think you said just about everything we've eaten. No, we've uh,
2: had
0: a few other things. Okay, remind me. Uh,
2: dinner on Friday?
0: Oh, dinner on Friday was bento box. Yep. Yeah, Eve, Evelyn got into that, my mm. daughter, um, and we had some dumplings. Ooh. Oh, nice.
1: Choice. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And um, uh, what did you say? We had McDonald's for breakfast. I'm, I'm just going to have to own that one. Not <laughs> ideal, uh, but, but we did it, yeah. And
2: then what do we have when we're out in the sun on... Saturday. Enjoying the sun finally?
0: Oh, the one thing we haven't spoken about is the Starbucks. You, oh mate, I'm just like, that, Starbucks is life for me. (laughs) Simon knows that that I'm a basic bitch when it comes to coffee so, you you know. Simon does the coconut and I do the Starbucks. That's how we roll.
1: Yeah, but I actually drink coffee though.
0: You just drink (laughs) Starbucks. What? ow what well, while i recover from that burn uh ladies and gentlemen oh,
2: we have had one other thing we were um at well, we were picking up um dad's daughter and what did we know the good old fashioned de- fashion um bakery was open oh
0: yeah like the the you know the bakeries by the dairy Simon? the bakeries no one hears of unless you're a local. You know mm-hmm. those kind of bakeries? That's exactly
1: the ones I go to. They're the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, and um, I haven't been to one in so long because I live in the city. And that right, kind, yeah. That kind of thing doesn't exist. So I was out in um, uh, Brockhouse Bay? Bay, and there mm. was one, and I had a custard pie, dude. Oh, custard <laughs> pie with the cinnamon, man that's a classic that's a classic bakery treat every
1: little bakery across auckland maybe even new zealand now so if, it's a custard pie
2: if Often you can't get them at cafes at all so that was that was nice
0: it feels like a diabetics confessional right now though cause <laughs> I, because i i definitely should not be eating that kind of stuff on a regular basis and mm. that's the point moderation right
1: Forgive me, Father, for I have ordered. Exp-
0: <laughs> but um, to be in level three, to be able to order takeaways, um, we're we're gonna get we're gonna get into these restrictions with our guest, uh, later on at the top of the hour. We we're, we're gonna explore what exactly, uh, they think we should be doing about these restrictions. They don't feel that these level restrictions are just at all so i i look forward uh to getting into that um
2: and one thing i was trying to say too was um the whole thing was you know we've been real that we actually had mcdonald's for breakfast but when i actually went they were literally <coughs> saying only uber eats drivers can pick up well, what's the difference if um and if you have Uber Eats drivers drive all over Auckland and then they're picking up well, isn't that worse than just me who lives in one location? I'm not going from here to there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure Simon is well is well versed on why that's better than just picking up your own food directly, but it didn't make sense to me at the time. Can't draw on a logical thought on why that would be um,
1: a sensible guideline to enforce. Uh, it just seems like something McDonald's and Uber Eats thought they could, you know, rub their hands
0: together and make a little bit of extra money. Yeah, I don't know. But if you, if you want to... Matt, maybe you're not in New Zealand. Maybe you're definitely not in Auckland and you're not subject to these Level 3 guidelines uh go ahead and let us know in the chat what was the last uh takeout meal that you had let, let us be envious let it, let us explore your palette with you uh but for now we're gonna move uh to the first topic of the day and interestingly um there's not gonna be an article for this one i'm gonna hand it over to you hannah
2: So, hi everybody, Um, I would just like to say that, um, you know, everybody's, it's been highlighted that everybody's doing quite hard in Auckland and there's been food parcels available, but the thing is, you know, I didn't think it was the best location to be doing it, I thought it would have made some, would have made more sense somewhere else. But we were walking home on Friday and it was so good. This this van, they were literally, um, driving around the city and if you know, the frustration is I cannot find a link for who they were. So it'd be really interesting to find
0: We forgot the name, eh?
2: Yeah, find out a bit bit more about who they were and um maybe but, get them on to show one one day and actually talk about what they actually do. But so, you've
0: got to sell the drama here. There was so, a lot of drama.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm just getting to. So, we were walking along and um, they literally said, oh, do you want some honey?" And straight away, Jade's daughter said no. And she told us afterwards that she thought they were, they scammers. were scammers. And yeah. that's why she said no straight away. And I kinda of paused and and Jade said yes and and they were literally legit. They're like, Right, here's some here's three hungies, um, so just full on meals and you know, three Two meats,
0: uh vegetables, there was stuffing mm. in there. Um, there there was like one of those new new potatoes. There mm. was new potatoes in there, skin on, um, These things are cooked in the ground. Sorry,
2: and (laughs) and these uh, there were three loaves of bread that they gave us, and then they gave us
0: handmade loaves,
2: handmade loaves, and you know they gave us fruit and also milk. So this was like I'm trying to carry this. It's so it was such a struggle to try and get it home, but it tasted so good. And it's just such a good thing to give back to, back to others. Um, they were really trying to keep COVID restrictions that met one well, meter distance. Um, but just thinking of others, and they weren't targeting at a specific uh, place. They were just thinking right. We'll actually see who's on the street and who might be able to, um, who might want a meal so that was a really good thing to do but a hangi actually takes a long time to cook and has so much flavor and I was gonna say this is actually cooked in the ground and Simon do you want to just give us a a little overview of how you actually do cook a hangi? yeah
1: I mean I've not been the person to lead a whole hangi i've been involved in putting one down but got told by a a close colleague of mine who's was by his words himself was quite well versed in the art of a hangi um and um he, he told a whole bunch of hilarious stories around but essentially um you've got to start uh depending on when you want to eat you've got to start maybe uh 12 11 12 uh or 10 hours um before you want to eat, that's when you've got to start from the very beginning. You need um, a bit of an open grass area, uh, uh, enough area, because you're going to have to build a fire uh, and you don't want to have to put this near any buildings. But if you've got a nice bit of area, um, what you are going what you need to do is, is dig a hole. And what you want to do is dig up a small hole to put the stones that you want to use the hangi in. And then build a fire on top of it and then what happens is you build the fire and then the fire goes down um, onto all the stone and, and, and the heat goes on the stones and you heat up all the stones and while you're doing that you're digging a massive hole for the hangi so um, your hole needs to be as wide and um, as long as the trays that you're putting in it so hangis go down and in tr- in baskets or trays so You need to make sure your hole can fit them all in, and a little bit of extra around it. So you've got a big hole for all your baskets, and then what you do is you've got a fire going with the stones in it to heat up the stones of a hangi. You've got uh, the meat goes on the bottom tray, so ma- mainly it's lots of roast chickens. They'll put whole bits of roast beef and stuff, um, or bits of steak. All the meat um, on the bottom, and then you put that. De- or, so. If you, start, well, if you wait for ages for the stones that you to get before you put the food in, uh, you put your hot stones at the bottom and then you put a couple of wet blankets down on the stones so that they don't singe um, anything. Then you put your first tray down, then you put uh, a, a blank, wet blanket or wet cloth or something over the basket and then you put the next one down and that's all your vegetables. Um, and then you basically just fill up your hole with meat and it's designed to, for cooking for big groups because it's very hard to make a hangi for just like a a family of four. Um, it'd be a tiny hole and you know it's still going to take you hours uh, so it's not worth the investment. It's a it's a bulk supply um, type of preparing food. It's really really valuable <laughs> when you're needing to cater for a few whānau. Um But yeah essentially what do is you get these hot stones to sit at the bottom of a big hole in the ground you pile your food on top um with the meat at the bottom because that needs the hottest temperatures and then you basically put all your food on top of it put a cloth on top and then you pack the dirt back on top so it's level with the ground and a little bit of a rise and essentially what you're doing is you watch how much steam is coming out of the. oh wow yeah yeah how much steam is coming out of the ground and how hot it is because you, if you don't get to a, a certain hotness at the very beginning, your food will never cook, because essentially what you want is you And food.
0: safe to eat as well, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So you, as long as you get to a certain level of hotness at the very beginning, you know that you just need to leave it in for longer um, for it to get cooked, right? So like what what um, my my friend said is once you've done a few hunks, you can tell that. Um, as long as within the first hour of it being underground that it's remained at a certain temperature, you can kind of pull it out with pretty good certainty, depending on how well done you want the food um, and so you basically just leave it in the ground for a few hours and then pull off the dirt pull it all out and then it's essentially just the most well tendered, juicy steamed yeah. meal you'll ever have all the vegetables just fall apart in your mouth, same with the meat <laughs> I mean, yeah, and then how, did you get any fried bread with your hanging? Fried bread is just the best.
0: No, so it was handmade loaves, but it wasn't mm. fried bread. I made um, Hannah heat up some butter so, so we could get it, like simulating fried bread, but do you want to talk about what fried bread is, maybe? I mean, fried bread is, it's, you know, what it is on the tin. <laughs> it's great <laughs> stuff.
1: It, you, you get your dough mixture, and it's similar, I guess, to like donuts, and that it's, um, bread that, is used to you deep fry it to get it to um to rise and bake but um yeah fr- fried bread is just like small little buns um of, of fried bread with you know it's customary to have them with butter when they're warm and then if you're getting a bit decadent with it you can add jam and cream <laughs> to fried bread and that is just <sighs> at its next level
0: it's so good
1: yeah i mean who would
0: ever need scones
1: if you just had fried bread with jam and cream um, I just noticed that there was a comment in the chat we hadn't acknowledged. Clive, uh, Clive
0: Bixby, thanks for being here. I was waiting for a poignant moment to come to that. Thank you, Simon, I, I mm. did see. Clive, thanks for being in the chat. We love that you're here uh, today, and thanks for being part of the podcast. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Hi, Clive. Thank you so much for explaining that. Um, <laughs> Simon, because I would not have been able to explain it as well as you did, because I've not been even involved in putting down the honey.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I suppose I didn't mention it. Sorry, Hannah, but is that is that it's like a it's it's a mouldy cultural um style of of, of, mm. of preparing food. It's a unique. Well, this style is unique to, to New Zealand, but there are similar versions in different Polynesian islands. It's called an umu in Samoa. Samoa, yeah. Thank yep. you for that. Yeah, um, and they they have a much better version. See, the person I learned how to do a hangi off, uh, uh, who told me that um, those instructions, he said that you know the way that the Samoan do it's super impressive. It's um, you know, it's way quicker, way more efficient, um, and 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 it doesn't take as long. Um, so it's interesting to um to hear that even though he he um loves the honey that he realizes that um it may not be the most efficient way to cook a meal
0: all right you
2: you can i just say one other thing yeah. sure um, thing bit of confession that <laughs> it was great to um Hunger is very smoky too, so that is a really oh, good flavour of it.
0: You're making me so hungry. Oh, I'm say, so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to
2: say, you were the one who actually introduced me introduced me to fry bread. I've never had it before I met you. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Thank you so much, Jade. Thank you, Simon.
0: It's really bad for you, by the way. So, I I, know so, it I, is. so I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs>
2: I had um, never had it before you and it's really bad for you. Yeah. So you introduced it to me. Hmm.
0: So so before <laughs> before I keel over in hunger pains, um, why don't we move to our first news story of the day. I, I'm salivating and all sorts of things over here. Um, Simon, I, I believe you're about to tell us Uh, Hold on, before we go to that, Clive says, everything bad for you tastes great. (laughs) Absolutely agree. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely agree. And, you know, as the French say, the three main ingredients to good food are butter, butter, and butter. (laughs) Uh, I'll never forget that um, a French person told me that, yeah.
2: Yeah. I I really (laughs) did not know what you mean. What? Croissant,
0: no. right? It's just butter uh-huh. and bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but right about now, Simon, you're about to explain to us how we're about to enter World War Three.
1: Well, potentially. We never know. I mean, with these kind of stories, it could always just be um, just trying to stoke a little bit of fear or this could actually be a serious um, marker that we could be potentially going into some unstable domestic, um, I, what do you call it? Political uh, and, and and military events. From butter to World War Three, says, You know we are a very, <laughs> we are a very agile team here. Um, on here's what we know because we know quite a lot and about a lot, and um, <laughs> we we know our fried bread and we know when U.S. and China are um, posturing to potentially secure some um, important uh, geographical areas. Basically, what this article talks about I is, believe
0: you handled that comment rather well, Simon, um, may I say.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, to, to, for this article, it's it, it, what it talks about is just... Um, it could just be this standard posturing that doesn't really actually mean anything it's just good enough to write up an article about it but it could just be standard operations for both um, of these countries but um, it doesn't really seem like that on first glance from my side it does actually seem a little bit concerning but essentially what is happening is um, you're having you're having uh, naval submarines hanging out just a few few miles off the coast of Hawaii, you're having um, the U.S. sending their warships uh, in and around these, um, these Asian groups of islands. There's lots of, there's lots of these small groups of islands in the Asian Pacific Ocean that are covered in Chinese army bases to help extend China's um, defenses out from the mainland. Uh, and, and all of those countries, you know, things like Taiwan and, and these other um, nations that uh, would like to be separate but are actually controlled by China. And if you speak out too, lu- too loud about saying they aren't China, you you can disappear. Um, but all these little nations are, um, are what's looking like getting militarized a little bit by by China. And it's just, it's hard to kind of um, pick out some of do you want me to scroll again. for you at all, Simon? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you just keep going. I suppose it's talking about like the um, the the t- first part is talking about the um, partnership between Australia and the United States. Stay where you are. Oh, it's- um, yeah, that it's right in the middle. It says the A U X U S partnership. Um, uh, it says Beijing will severely damage peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific and Beijing is demanding to know whether Australia regards China a partner or a threat. So what happens is you've got America who are um, signing nuclear submarine deals with Australia and, um, and you know, uh, aligning themselves with the UK and, um, and any sort of uh, patriotic aligning with the US um, normally requires a pretty hostile response from China they don't uh, they don't like that they just want um, all these countries like Australia to um, be quiet little countries and play their role in, in the import and export trade and, and not to criticize um, their, their country's policy but then if even if they just, align with a different country it just happens to it has to be in the states even just doing that is enough to be considered an active threat against china and that's what you can see china are really good about um, as soon as there's any sort of uh mention of the country they're really good at, at, at trying to force out a stance from um, the other political leaders you know they say we believe this is an act of aggression against china you know they can, all it could be saying is you know china is a um is a really big polluter or they need to need to do something to address their their pollution levels and you'll have a chinese diplomat saying we strongly refute this person's um input and opinion on chinese um economic you know performance blah 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 they they're really good at, at just at, uh, attacking any sort of statement if you scroll down, Jay, we we'll just see what if we can, um, if you just keep going and then stop. Yeah, so uh, I'll scroll back. Oh no, you've got it. there deal here. So yep. China claims the parcel um, in the Spratly Islands and almost all of the rocks and uh, reefs in the South China Sea, many of which are territorial waters, um, which claimed to Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Indonesia, Brunei, Philippines and Taiwan so all those countries what they are talking about is like the small tiny dotted reefs and islands Thank you. um all through the Indochinese sea closer to those those are bigger islands which are supposed to be independent countries but China is uh is claiming those islands and putting military bases on all of them um the other thing that's not so military focused but um um, they, 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 they've got something called the Belt and Roadway Project which is essentially what they do is provide terribly cheap loans to um, poor Pacific Nation countries to do all their infrastructure projects and then in return they're in, they're in eternal debt to China because they'll never be able to pay off that much money ever because their country's GDP is so tiny um, and so they end up having to allow China to put a military base in or to build a high-end resort that's run by China and all the money goes straight out to China and it's filled with Chinese employees and that kind of stuff is happening all throughout the Pacific and it has been for the last maybe 10 years at least. Mm -hmm.
0: do not know if you can see the chat there, Simon. Uh, Clive says our leader is Seno but I think most Americans stand with Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, thanks, I mean, the three
1: countries have always been tight allies uh, for most of uh, modern history, Uh, but I think New Zealand has, well, ever since the early 2000s, maybe even the late late, late 90s, New Zealand has started to turn its major um, uh, allegiance to China. I mean, um, the immense amount of trade that we that we send their way just made us quite vulnerable to um, moving to the terms that they dictated to us and I think through successive governments here and I'm sure Jade you'll agree with me um, the policy and our and just the way the countries operated uh, from a macro scale we've definitely moved away from working with the US closely and, and, and making more deals <laughs> with China like especially in the private business sector there are a lot of countries companies in new zealand called silver ferns or um new zealand number one company or something
0: gotcha. like that, and, 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 and yep. it's not <laughs> gotcha and um you you raise a good point simon our previous government actually tried to make some serious inroads with relationships with china but even though you're saying we're closer to china than the u.s the current government has slowed that down a bit because they don't like the optics because China isn't necessarily known. Uh, for a couple of things have been raised with me. One is human rights mm-hmm. and two is the treatment of the environment. That that's probably where we misalign a bit with China. But you're right, we are closer to China than the mm. US. It's an
1: interesting um there's an interesting angle that some people Take to sympathise with China's current um, economic practices of the last few decades. Like kind of in recent history, after um, they lost the the power of the ro- the royals through China, and it turned into what they call a democracy. But uh, um, you know the communism and the and, and that take took over. They didn't have a chance to. Um, prosper under the guise of capitalism like in the states and so that's what they feel like they're do- doing they feel like they, they've <laughs> for the last few decades they've had the chance to prosper economically through capitalism or not through capitalism through um, immense socialism in their country but then benefiting from the capitalism <laughs> that they were exporting to um, so they so some people feel like they're a little bit sympathetic to what china do because they were so um uh i guess held back or or weren't allowed to prosper um for so long based on the on the the way the country worked with the ruled by the royals i mean it's interesting i don't really think it's extremely valid but so it's just kind of interesting to think some people can justify a country's behavior like that because it's like oh well you know they needed time to catch up and and do the exploitative business practices that we got to do.
0: I I don't have the clip for this, and I always feel bad when I start my sentence with, I don't have the clip for this, but uh, I remember seeing somewhere that um, President Biden said that communism was actually a good idea and they were kind of looking into it. Well, I mean,
1: yeah, they've been trying to en- enact more socialist policies um, since... Biden took over. I mean, in Obama, Obama started
0: it. So, so if, a, if America wants to be more communist, like, doesn't that mean they largely align with what China's doing? Like, how help a guy break it down in simple terms? Like, wouldn't that work out, work out better for international yeah. relations? Well, you're almost there, Jade, but it's, what
1: some people believe in circles that the country itself, South America is compromised by um, agents of foreign origin and making them align closer to China is was exactly their mission and, and to socialize one of the la- the last bastions of what people called liberty and personal freedom. They wanted their their goal was to socialize it from the inside out, and the best way to do that would be to hold you know the presidency or uh, the House of Representatives representatives and and change
0: things piece by piece my goodness me so in terms of this Simon not, not to put you on the spot but who do you think is going to come out on top with, with this posturing as you, as you referred referred to mm, well I mean
1: it seems like the states have made so many enemies um, <laughs> they, they don't have they don't have too many friends left and you know, like I was saying, China has just got its um, its teeth in just so many countries, everything through the Pacific. You know, like, um, just to kind of back it up with an anecdote, you know, I've had friends who've worked for um, civil construction companies here in New Zealand, and they used to love being able to go to like Fiji and Tonga and these places for six months to do these roading projects, all run by New Zealand contracted companies and probably done with quite, com- um, you know, and fearing and ethical pricing because they're a Pacific neighbour and we give all those countries aid money anyway, so why would we be, you know, extorting them through s- civil projects um, and so that was a thing that has happened all throughout the Pacific, New Zealand and Australia would do these projects for these countries and they would leave They would leave like, the equipment there, you know, and, 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 um, mm. and, the, and the local companies could, could take it and use it um, and stuff like that, you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, I can't remember how long ago that all stopped, you know, the Chinese, the Chinese government, um, gave all these loans to, um, these Pacific nation countries, but it's, you know, purely for the, um, use of these, um, infrastructure projects, which then the Chinese companies take ownership of once it's built, they employ Chinese people that move to those specific countries because it's so cheap there compared to where they're coming from. And, um. And it's just basically privatizing these little Pacific islands um, into Chinese little states because they're the only people that um, live there.
0: I, I heard a term for this, ec- economic colonization. Mm. So, yeah. so it's, like, it's like taking your land without forcing it. Like you, you, you offered the land, you offered the contract trying uh, to have the capital there was no other way you were going to get that capital but it comes with a whole bunch of strings as you said and I think another example was the um this is so random I apologize but since we're on the topic I really want to share it the privatization of the uh, telecommunications in Rarotonga so, so, telecom Rarotonga used to be owned by the New Zealand government because um, Rarotonga is governed by New Zealand, which, mm. which has pros and cons, and maybe that's a topic for another show. Um, but in recent years, it's been privatised by an Asian company now. I can't be super sure that it's Chinese, but yeah. I, I I'd bet money that that it is a Chinese company. And ever since then, you, you know, I last vis- visited in um, what was it, twenty yeah. nineteen? Right before the COVID stuff, yeah. um, most locals are saying they can no longer afford phone and data, in Rarotonga.
2: Can I just elaborate on that too? What they've gone and done, and they focus specific packages for those who are holidaying. So, um, raise the prices and do specific, and make it look like, right, we're doing um, a specul, special packages for uh, short-term guests. So, it means that your day-to-day... Um, Phone bill is more expensive than what it would be to be um, a guest on the island. So
0: I wouldn't even say it's super affordable for tourists,
2: though. No, it's definitely not. So they raise the prices for locals and then inflate it. Inflate it for locals. It then looks better for those who are just visiting the island, but it is still very expensive. So. And, um, just to follow on to your story too, um, Simon, um, with the 10 years, it really makes me question because I was then looking at something a couple of days ago and it was literally about how there was a fishing vessel off, off the islands of Fiji... In between Fiji and another island and um, Australia and it had been there for a couple of months and basically it wasn't a fishing vessel all it was was a, a ship to spy and they, they were spying oh, on wow were spying on fiji and they were spying on america on australia and seeing well what are the weak points for this, for australia and what are the weak points for fiji and how can we get our hands into into actually these countries so yeah. i can definitely see this has progressed and then where are we now so oh yeah, that's at- the thing
1: i sorry jade I, yeah I, I go wanted ahead. to jump uh, on Hannah, uh, what she was saying was, um, yeah, the the Chinese are very good at um, using shipping vessels and research vessels as undercover for <laughs> the military. Like the thing is, the thing you needs to understand with China is that any anything um, that's Chinese is the Chinese government. You know, there's no private businesses, um, and then anything that the government does, it's the military, right? Like all of their diplomacy, all of their research, all of that is the military running it uh, it's not just their normal civic um duties being played out they're, they're doing whatever they can to, to further the aims of their military goals and it's the same thing in the in the um the south china sea area we were talking about is they'll send like uh, they'll call them fishing boats or research ships but they, you know they have they have armed people on them people getting photos of people with guns on them and they'll just you know they, all they do is they'll just send them into, into the waters where they shouldn't be just to provoke and just to be, uh, just to flex pretty much. It's all just these political leaders flexing their, their power, just trying to say, well, do something about it. And, and that's pretty much what China's doing. They're just, they're out there right now trying to um, take control of this massive area of the country, of, not the country, sorry, of the globe. You know, the biggest body of water is the Pacific Ocean. Um, and there, there's there's a lot of landmass mass in, as tiny islands throughout the Pacific and China. Mm. And then what I want to follow up with is the, the countries like the Cook Islands. Think about, we were talking about, um, you know, salaries before the life of the livestream. <laughs> How much do you think the, is it a prime minister of, or, you know, the highest diplomat of the Cook Islands?
0: Prime I'm Minister, yeah.
1: At minister like how much do you think they're getting a year there are like it is just so easy to just buy all these um little little countries off you know like all they need to do is just give them a few hundred grand or maybe a couple million which is pennies to these um people that run global organizations and um and and a country like china you know and it's just it's chump change to them to, to, to change these people's lives and to forever have them in their pocket.
0: Excuse me, Simon. I, I think we've just lost our camera. So
1: Yeah, he does look a little bit funny. Yeah, yeah bear um, with
0: me for a, for a second. Yeah,
1: no worries. Um, for anybody who's chosen to watch this instead of uh, the UFC fight that's going on right now, it's currently in the second round. Looks like a bit of an even battle going on. Uh both both men have got a bit of blood on them, I think. Uh, so this looks like a good good old scrap. Good old fashioned barnstormer. Oh no,
0: you've lost me completely. Um it might take a minute for me to come back, but I'm still no, here. Always, you haven't yeah. lost me on the <laughs> you haven't lost me on the stream entirely.
1: No, that's right. You're still there, I can hear Yeah. Yeah. But you're just looking still at me. here. Here I am in the flesh. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I guess, why do I want to bring that story to the show is because I think it's really important that uh, the world that everybody thinks is what's going on is as close to the reality of things as possible. And when you have countries that as so minuscule in their GDP, so vulnerable to be corrupted by these huge superpowers and private companies, or even private individuals and families that nobody really knows about, you know. And they're not able to in de- operate independently; like they just never have a chance. You know, these people they may even begin to get into politics or to help with a community cause, you know, from a genuine place. But as soon as you get anywhere near the top, it's just People coming from you for you left and right, trying to influence your decisions and to get you to to do a certain thing. And once you get to the very top, you have to operate to a certain game plan or you're out. It's just the way things are. And I don't want, yeah, I just don't want um, it to escalate into a point where uh, there's hostile um, forces and and physical conflicts going on everywhere in the world
0: hey and there you are i i had to give up on my nice camera and go to my spare one
1: lucky so, you have a spare
0: so um stuff it well we'll figure out what what i'm going to do about that but simon um yeah what i want to say on this like you you always bring the massive gems right like i'm always blown away with what you bring but it strikes me that countries believe they are free do you know what i mean it strikes me that people actually think they're voting for something to happen Mm -hmm. when actually are you free or is someone bought what's about to happen exactly like doesn't it strike you how like whatever the whatever political party the media hypes the most is usually the one that gets in mm-hmm. yeah I mean
1: it's it's really obvious in the United States that both political parties are the are um, different wings of the same beast they, they are very much a theatrical display of back and forth um, and whatever needs to happen on a political level in terms of laws or or things happening in the United States it happens um, regardless of who's in place mm. um, or they are put in place to make those things happen and then the power cycles out when something else needs to change. but in in New Zealand, I mean I've made this comment um, on the on the live stream before, but I, I do, I, the first time I've ever saw, um you know the current prime minister and what was the um former what was it one of the leaders of the national party recently on um on tv was to have them constantly duel it out on breakfast television as representatives of the parties they were from they were you know like really young um and never heard of them before but for some reason they were always put up against each other to go back and forth and then, just like some magic, they end up both being the leaders of the party at the time and go head to toe. It's almost like, if you were to be, um, you know, enthusiastic with conspiracies, you'd say, well, maybe they were putting them up against each other, to test the public's opinion of them early, so that they could, you know, plan to see who would go, who would be more well liked. To be the the next prime minister of the like country, like AB
0: testing. Yeah,
1: pretty much. But for prime ministers and parties, yeah, oh my Labor god,
0: you you re- you really just blew my mind just then. Have we been AB tested for the last decade?
1: Well, I mean, maybe like it just, I just, it's something didn't sit right with me, and I probably sound crazy to some people, but like it just never sat right with me that we we're always fed the same two representatives, well, it didn't matter the issue, but they were the two people that represented their party. And they ended up both becoming their leaders at the
0: exact same time. Yep. I'm just replying to our guest, Simon. Hmm. Uh, but right about now we are going to move to the next um, story. I do have it racked up. Uh, let me let me just move to you to give myself some breathing. <laughs> Breathing space, um, it's the whole thing with new scenes eh, you gotta remember what you're doing. <laughs> uh, but right about now, uh, what I'd like to be talking about real soon guys, is there are a couple of people arrested for smuggling KFC. And that, this is very much our only in New Zealand kind of story. So, as I alluded to at the top of the show, um, Auckland is under level three restrictions, and I'm not going to bore you with the detail around this, but what I will say is, is that in level four, it was not possible for any takeaway organisations to be open. So... Aucklanders have been very heightened in their awareness that they can't get takeaways. Um, some some very enterprising... I'm looking at Simon smiling about this. Some very enterprising... Uh, well, I'm just going to call it what it is. Gangsters have picked up on the fact that people were very desperate... Uh, to get their hands-on takeaways and this is what happened so that that's not great that wasn't black before but um, basically uh, two gangsters were caught with $100,000 cash and a bootload of KFC before, before I go into the rest of the story Simon uh, what are your reflections on this?
1: Well, just shout out to the awesome <laughs> the awesome frontline policemen risking their lives day in, day out to stop people from smuggling dangerous amounts, high quantities of pure uh, fast food into the communities. Like, uh, God on them for just cracking down Steeping on the up. worst of the worst. eh? You know? Um, no but i mean fair play i guess we if you're trying to if you're trying to subvert the community lockdown laws to the benefit of um, a nice kfc meal i mean you're going to end up paying the the price of of being caught for, for, for that so it's a risk first reward kind of deal and i mean i'm not i've got no sympathy for the people that got caught it's just it's a shame that it's something that our police focus so much on time and effort on. Um, I mean, if you were to av- evaluate that their trip in terms of risk of exposure and transmission to the community, I'd say it's fairly low. You'd have a, tr- a group of four people traveling in a car to a venue where they drive through, get food through a window, drive home, and then um, not interact with anybody else. So. It's probably not the um, the the headline grabbing story. It should be. It's um. It's just it's so funny what the public will will latch onto. It's really interesting, and I bet journalists have a, a fun time with playing a game of let's write garbage in a headline and see what sticks. You know, because all journalism is now is the profession of engagement. It is not about telling the truth or. About exposing. Oh, I'm um, so
0: glad you said that. Yeah, I, I believe that happened. for such a long time. Yeah,
1: and what it is, you know, like, it, it was it was so bad at at a point in time where you couldn't even, um, you couldn't even tell that you were reading an ad until it was too late. You know, like they they were so underhand with it until they had to be more upfront. But you know, you would have articles that were supposed to look like. Uh, or would it be like you know so so and so using new technology to 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 win battle against some disease or something? But all it is is literally just a bought and paid for article on this technology, and it's. Um, but yeah, it's just because of because of the internet and people demanding content for free, journalism has suffered, and now all they do is just get your attention for ad revenue and clicks.
0: The, the bit that does stick with me about this story is the hundred thousand dollars so <laughs> yeah so, so so for the gentleman like like I would do this too like, like if I was if I was planning a like some kind of illegal activity I'd be like oh yeah let's let's also smuggle something that doesn't seem that bad like <laughs> uh, like let's smuggle a bunch of Hangi, for example, to bring it bring it back to centre in terms of the show today. Let's smuggle a bunch of hangi and $100,000 of crack cocaine. So so there, then you kind of split the view on the story there a bit. So, yeah. so very, very enterprising. Um, the article goes into a little bit of detail about the fact that these border busses are not uncommon, Simon, they're wanting to make sure uh, that we understand that the police are doing their job. Uh, Since Alert Level 4 came into place, 86 people have been charged with a total of 90 offences as of Sunday, 5pm, and I'll check the date on this article. but, But I think that this is a beautifully positioned piece of police propaganda and I mean you know they use the police car hood to display the KFC on and I, and I think I did see the post on the New Zealand police um, Facebook page in the first instance that that's what brought me to the story so well done New Zealand police for ridiculing people uh, for being hungry I, just I think to... the, oh go
2: ahead Hannah <laughs> what I was wanting to say before Jade spoke um, is that, uh, you know, we've had our Prime Minister specifically say, you know, <coughs> no one's crossing the border, you know, you can't be an essential worker that really needs to cross the border. Why? So, how are these people, one, first crossing our so-called border to even be able to bring in this amount of KFC and how could it have not been if they're going to cross the border how could it have not been um how did they get a bootload um and how do they when well, I say what do boot, you mean though You're a bootload losing. which I'm yeah. trying to explain yeah. um how did they not publicize it to to people a big thing would be so social media so if these people for whatever reason uh, were able to cross the border um, how did they not um, actually reach out to people and say hey do you want KFC how did they not have that and hide that from social media nowadays Uh, you think that something would have been done about and investigated there because Mm. that would have been very questionable.
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Course. Okay, final oh. thought, Simon. Um, I, I just need to say the guest is in the waiting room. So final thought, and then we're going to take a quick break.
1: I was just going to say, um, potentially with the $100,000 cash, the big cat lot of KFC was probably for all the lads back at the um, pad to celebrate that great financial <laughs> Um, inter- uh, transaction that they've just had. Yeah, so that potentially they weren't going to supply it to the community. I mean, I thought maybe that, but mm, I think maybe there was a few fellas waiting back at the pad for them,
0: waiting for dinner. <laughs> so, right right about now, ladies and gentlemen, you, you know, we've we got to tune up these um, segues a bit better. Mostly my fault. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a quick break. We've, we've got our guest, Mahia in the waiting room so there's a few things we need to do behind the scenes to bring him in nice and smoothly but uh please bear with us i'm gonna switch over to our be right back scene and also play an ad from our beautiful sponsors at twitch so enjoy that we'll be right back with you after this ladies and gentlemen we are so excited to introduce what i think is our first guest on the Heroes. What We Know podcast, right Simon?
1: Yeah, that's right. I think we've had guests, uh, but not branded as this project from an earlier time. But yeah, this is um, this is a first for us, so I'm excited. Welcome, Mahia. Great to have you here. Thank you for joining us today. Mahia
0: mukaraka representing the Freedom New Zealand Movement. Mahia, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the floor in a second just to tell us a bit about yourself, and how you would describe uh the freedom new zealand movement please for the people at home that would not know about this awesome
3: hey um thank you for the opportunity to be here and to um join your guys um podcast uh to jade and hannah um nice to see you again and simon as well thank you for um yeah inviting me onto here and to um, just share a little bit about the mahi that um I'm involved with and uh, what we're up to next Saturday over at um, Auckland Domain um, and why we're doing that. Um, just a little bit about me. So I met um, Jade um, some time ago. Um, for those that don't know, I'm also a wheelchair user. Um, so have been in a wheelchair since 2006 um, as a result of a uh, treatment injury. Um, I used to break dance and injured myself break dancing, And um, as a result of that, um, yeah, it was sustained a spinal cord injury um, from, yeah, T8, T9 down. So, um, yeah, it was quite a uh, life-changing moment. Um, but as a result of that, it's kind of um, moved me into um, certain areas um, in terms of, like, studies and um, the work that I do on a daily basis um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm also a youth worker i work for youth wine um, and also a um, trained counselor so i do um yeah do one-on-one uh, mahi with um yeah with whanau with people young people adults and i um, also do um, youth development programs and schools across um, south auckland so um, yeah quite quite busy and quite active um, i'm married as well to my beautiful wife um, Mariah. Mm. Uh, we'll be married coming up to two years. It'll be two years in November. Um, so that was, yeah, gone really quick. Um, but yeah, that, that's a little bit about me anyway. And, awesome, and I'm man. I'm, I'm living in Auckland as well. East Tamaki is where I'm currently staying with my wife and I. And um, yeah, so I'm, so I'm really good, close friends.
0: Thank you for telling us that. So, so Mahia, over the past week, uh, the re- the reason why you came to my attention for the podcast is you've been extremely vocal uh, about certain feelings that you have about the lockdown yes. settings, about human mm-hmm. rights, uh, about yep. depression in particular. Um, yep. Tell us why you're passionate about the freedom New Zealand movement.
3: Cool. Yeah. So um, the freedoms. Freedoms and Rights Coalition um, is an organisation, well, uh, not really an organisation, it is, but it's a group of people who are concerned of um, you know, with our human rights, um, what's currently happening at, at the moment and the impact of you know, lockdown. Obviously, we have um, the pandemic in, on um, in New Zealand, um, but as a result of that, there's been a lot of issues that I've been seeing. Um, as you know, um, the type of work that I do with people Um, you know, kind of recognizing the impact on people themselves, you know, with um, mental health. Um, And I'm I'm lucky enough to be involved with a sector where I'm I'm updated on a regular basis around the impacts of, you know, this this lockdown, the lockdowns in the last, um, you know, 2020 and 2021. Um, And just just the issues that's arising from that, you know, with um, businesses that are closing, um, the economic crisis that's happening, the impact on um, families and um, you know you have the suicide suicide rates that are um, skyrocketing and, um, and and the lockdowns, the impact of lockdowns itself um, you know in, 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 in the youth sector, the organization I work with you know um, we've seen a big increase of um, suicide risk, um, in terms of people calling into the helpline uh there's also been you know higher rates of um, depression and anxiety that's been um you know people are seeking support with and you know there's a lot of stress happening and I think as I, I think you a key word you mentioned earlier was just a heightened um state that you know New Zealand <laughs> in, um, yeah. you know emotionally charged and you know, yeah. there's um these lockdowns but also you know some of the policies and the legislations that are coming through that are impacting our our families and our whanau is um quite concerning as well, and that's why we're quite vocal and that's why we've come together, you know, ordin- uh, ordinary, everyday Kiwis, you know, like myself, um, you know, you got tradies, you've got business owners, you've got um, people who've been impacted financially, um, and also you know employment from um, the COVID response, and you know, I, I must say, yeah. COVID is there and COVID is real. Um, You know, we have seen the impacts of that. But, um, you know, on a wider scheme of things, um, you know, there's lots of families, you know, who have lost jobs and um, businesses. Just the other day, I heard that in Auckland alone, there was going to be a thousand businesses that will be closing their doors because of the impact of um, this. And also, I heard, uh, um, I watched an interview um from a guy who was a part of the groundswell of all the farmers um and just some of the impact that um know the legislations and policies that are coming through for farmers it's going to make it even more difficult for them to um you know produce um what they do out in the farming world so never yeah there's a whole lot of things and the impacts of um and then some of the decisions that governments making, the lockdown in itself, and just the pressure—it's a one big pressure cooker, um, is how I see it. Because um, there's a lot of things happening, unfortunately. Mahia,
0: um, I don't mind saying that on this podcast, we've actually been uh, quite critical of uh, the approach to this virus. Um, we've actually talked about the vaccine at length. We've also yes. we've also had some debate about the, the lockdown settings and just just the, just the fair use yeah. of them. There, there, there seems to be such a wide-ranging application of them. And like, like for example, when, when you're a white couple and you have a house in Wanaka, apparently it's, it's not so bad and we should forgive you straight away. But if you're a Maori woman trying to attend a tangi, uh, oh. you you go to jail. What what are your thoughts on that?
3: Oh, that's ludicrous. eh? Hey? that's ludicrous. You know, especially for um, Alphans, especially Pacifica and Maori. You know, um, uh, funerals and tangis are, are quite an important part of our culture and a an of part of our healing um important part of us being a part of our family being together being able to console encourage, and you know, love on each other and right. you know just being together that that's that, that's a human right that's kind of been denied a lot of our families right yeah. across you know, not only in new zealand but right across the world so i think you know I, I was even um a recipient of i don't know if that's the right word but i had an uncle my dad's father passed away last year um during lockdown and we were stopped at the borders you know, and the saddest thing about that was there was a bunch of us cousins, um first cousins, we were all at the borders up in far Um but my auntie, my um, my dad's sister couldn't even go through the borders to go and um you know join the farm with um with our tangi and you know, be there with our to support and you know, show our love. Um and that that was quite devastating too. And my dad you know, lives in Australia. Obviously because we were in lockdown and in the border controls. Um, yeah, it's ludicrous. It's 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 not good. It's not good for our final because we don't know the long lasting scars that that's gonna have for those who can't attend their um you know, their final tongue or you know, go to friend or so for me it, it's that that's that's why we're, we're standing next Saturday at Auckland Domain at eleven AM because some of those those um, you know, real basic human rights that we have as um, Kiwis, as uh, Pacifica, as Maori and migrants here in New Zealand, those have been denied us. And I just saw a video this morning um, of a a young lady, or I think it was a young lady, um, you know, just sobbing and crying because she couldn't join, you know, her mother at um, at the cemetery. And she had to stay at the gate and just watch. And you could just see and hear the just the pain and the agony in there when she was crying and, you know, calling up. Um, so those are the things that are why we're, we're standing. And, you know, like you said, some of the lockdown measures are just ludicrous. Uh, uh, yeah. And it needs to change. And, you know, there's a lot of people suffering um, right so, now because they haven't been able to, you know, join family with their funeral processions.
0: So i got a question yeah. for you, and then I'm going to... And then I'm going to hand over to Simon. Well, while comment then a question. So, Mahia, oh. I, I I completely resonate with everything you're saying. Mm. Two weeks ago, I attended two Zoom tangi. Oh, never, wow. never in my life did, did I think I would be watching uh, funerals yeah. of close friends and family on on uh on a zoom call like i was yeah. i was literally watching this all happen on a zoom call so uh completely resonate with that before i hand over to simon to ask any questions um Ooh. so are you saying to us that you disagree with the level settings what what, what exactly is the beef as far as your coalition what's, well, the, what's the beef
3: there's a whole lot of them because um, we're, we're, we're talking about our human rights. So like our, our rights to gather, like I'm I'm a I'm a man of faith. Mm. And, you know, church is a very important aspect of my well-being. So, you know, we can't even gather. Um, but in the human rights, and the Bill of Rights, you know, we, we have the freedoms to be able to do that, to be at a place of worship where, you know, that mm. that's, that's a, quite a big part of my life and my 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 well-being as a um, as a Māori, um, you know, realty user. Um, and those are some of the things that have taken away from us. So, you know, so th- that's real drastic. Um, mm. And, you know, I think those are some of the things that need to change. And, and I think that's part of the beef too, is that a lot of our, our human rights are being trampled on um, and denied us. So it's like, hey, yeah, we understand that there's COVID, but your measures that you're using are actually um denying us or breaching our human rights so where we stand as people now and why is the state um you know being so controlling over our movements over our freedoms you know it's, it's part of our rights to actually move and, and be in places and to go out well. and so, so mm. they, those are some of the issues that i have around with um the, the restrictions at the moment and you know i just read in the papers as well you know people who were relocating outside of auckland because they've um, moved homes for whatever reasons whether it's for work and that they can't even go go past the borders and you know it's like well where, where does the buck stop where you know yeah I don't know. It's just quite frustrating. And the and the
0: line yeah, and though. the line is, I'll hand over to Simon right now. And the line line is, oh, work from home, but what if your job is not capable of that?
3: Well, that's it. And I I saw I saw an article today in the paper where I think it was farmers were saying that they were gonna cut people's um, salary <laughs> to eighty percent if they didn't come into work. Um and you know, and there are some people who casual workers, for example, these lockdowns have affected people who are casual workers who don't get annual leave um, or you know once they have um, a less level two or whatever levels that we go down to and that, that impacts you know, their families that impacts their children if they have children it impacts their financial role. Um yeah it's just it, it's things need to change and I think there's something a lot more sinister behind the scenes that's going on with the state control from what i see and what I've, um, i'm observing as well and you know we can even look at the education system um you know the whole the whole control that they're having with what's being taught in schools and what can be said and what can't be said and the legislation oh, give that me an example
0: of that oh i won't let you run away with a statement like that give, a, give us an <laughs> a, give well, us a give us an example of what they're saying in schools
3: well I, 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 there, there are some programs that are coming through around like <laughs> again this is not i'm not and yeah i'm not anti the community but um there are some strict um program or education content around you know um gender identity gender sexuality and that type of stuff so they really um they've come up with uh what do you call it education guidelines in terms of what can be said um, what yeah. can be taught and what can't be taught, mm. um, and then they talk about you know the whole conversion therapy um, bill or conversion practices pro- prohibition legislation that's coming through, where um, you know even parents, even youth workers, even farmers. Um, so you know if that if that bill does go through as an uncle or uh, as a um, youth worker or as a father or as a um, counselor or, or even just as a mentor um, talking about you know, gender sexuality and that um, could be banned or could be seen as illegal and even the rights of our parents um, and that and this that you know, kind of scenarios mm. can be taken away so you now that's quite concerning because we always um, you know us as freedom Freedom and Rights Coalition. We advocate for parents' rights. Um, you know, we, we want to empower parents to be able to be the source of um, you know learning and development and education within the home, an um, ideal world. You know, and uh, it kind of feels like that. Even parents will get penalized if something like this comes through. Um, that's why we're quite vocal with some of these issues. But and like I said, you know, it's nothing against the community. Um, it's just hey, where's the rights of our parents and how is that gonna affect me?
2: Can I just jump in really quickly? Sorry. I just wanna yep. follow what you just said, my head That is so right. It's also what is you know, where is the curiosity of our of our children? How are we just gonna be restricting our children if they can't feel safe to be able to even speak? on those things and learn and understand yeah i agree with that
3: yeah exactly and and you know that's why i'm advocating for it too because i I, read, I went through the that particular bill um and i actually wrote a submission just outlining my concerns as a youth worker as a counselor um from a professional perspective but also from a personal point of view and um because i work in the schools right now and the dominant narrative right now is, um, yeah, it's somewhat concerning because if this bill does go through, then we can't, we don't have a voice against to stand against the yeah. narrative that's already being pushed in the schools right now. Um, so yeah, these are some of the things that we're we're really concerned about in terms of legislation, bills. Um, but at the at the at the bottom of it. We are pro family, we're pro we're pro parents. and you know, we, we we we're advocating for parental rights. We're advocating for youth rights as well, you know. Just the other day there were schools down in Wellington, um, where there's vaccine buses getting pushed in and um you know, they're trying to um, you know, vaccinate young people and for me as a counselor and a youth worker the question that comes to mind is, hey, are they giving them good information? who's providing this information? Are they giving them even um, no sides? Are both sides like uh, the benefits? Is there someone that represents the benefits, you know, the pro um, vaccinations? And is there someone that's um, that has a voice of reason that's saying, hey, these are also some of the dangers and some of the not so good things, some of the risks of vaccination so that our young people can have, you know, a balanced, um, informed, choice um and you know what we what i do know too in some schools especially high schools is that um now you have a lot of um there are some staff not all of them but there are staff that are quite um quite dominating in their perspectives and their views um so who protects them as young people especially if you have a 15 year old that says oh no that's not right that's not what my parents have told me or that's what i not what i know so who who kind of safeguards them who looks after them and that, that, those are some of the issues that i i see with that stuff so um, yeah very very as you can hear i'm very passionate about that mm-hmm. stuff very passionate about our young people and making sure that they have um that they're not coerced or pressured or bribed mm. or yeah. forced or you know put yeah. into a place because schools can be quite a um it can be a good environment, but it can be a not so good environment for young people where, you know, they may be um, pressured because of the, the dominant culture, may pressure them into doing something or peer pressure them um, into doing something that they may not want to do, but they feel obliged because there's a whole lot of, you know, there's a bigger
1: group or a, a dominant, right. um, yeah. yeah. I mean, there was an article recently about the schools returning to having more students as a levels drop and saying that um, one day there'll be quite good mask wearing from the students and then one kid will take it off and then by lunchtime, they've all taken their masks off and they're, and they're not really adhering to what the school wants them to. I mean, if that's just what they're doing for a piece of cloth on their face, imagine yeah. if they're taking uh, you know, a, an experimental vaccination yes. to the arm just because they think, <clears throat> I don't want to be the only person who might be considered crazy. And that's yeah. the other thing. It's not like an honest, fair argument from both sides because as soon as you show any sort of slight deviation from being completely on yeah. board with what's happening, yeah. you get demonized and you have no chance of, exactly. of trying to find a balanced middle ground. You just get thrown in the other end. So you end up saying nothing. Or, and yeah. then for the people who don't see um, examples of people standing up, they, they relent and they, and they give in. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and I suppose that's where I, I see that's, that's a
3: responsibility I have as someone who works in the sectors to ensure that there is a, a balanced view on not just the vaccines, but a whole lot of issues against mm. you know uh, what they're teaching in the, um, in the schools and what their rights are as young people and who's advocating against those who may be um, using, you know, pressuring tactics or, mm. you know, uh, coercing them, bribing um, them, hey, you know, there was a school down in Wellington, Taita College. They said that um, if for every person that gets
0: vaccinated, they
3: get ten extra points for their house points.
0: That's, so um, that's, that's so gross. That's so gross. Sorry for interrupting you, but I needed to say that. Yeah, and
3: I, oh, I've even had a um, text myself. You know, if you get your vaccination, then you'll go in the draw to win a thousand dollars from one of my local doctors. And I'm, I'm thinking, why? why why is there such a big push even to offer money to offer food to offer um, gift cards to offer house points for mm-hmm. why why is there such a push what are they getting out of it and and i think in this day and world you know to say those types of comments can be demonizing in itself yeah. um, let alone oh, and then so yeah so these are some of the things that we're concerned about yeah. um, as freedoms and rights coalition and this is why right across New Zealand, we're making a stand um, you know, and we're going to be in Wellington, we're going to be in Rotorua, Tauranga, Whakatane Hamilton, Christchurch um, Nelson, we're going to be Rotorua yes, I did say that, we're going to be up in Fangare. so there's going to be, because of, obviously because of the, um, the uh, restrictions in terms of going out of Auckland and coming in, um, yeah, instead of or having it in Auckland there's gonna be um stands right across the country and um, you know I, I encourage anyone that might be watching this um and anything that I've said or mentioned that's really resonated with you or, or struck a chord with you you're like yes that's right um jump on and then go there sec- second of Orc- uh second of October next weekend next Saturday, um or you can jump on the Facebook page freedoms and rights coalition um, jump on there
1: and um, follow the, the information that's out there. Thanks, Mahir. So, for people who might be considering going along, what is the what is the main objective for for the organisers in trying to get people along? Is it to try and get a bit of a community going? Is it to try and um, to, to to help the community uh, find a group to help them stand up. To, 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 yeah. to is it just just to try and find a place where maybe um, people exist where they don't uh, fully support yeah. what's happening.
3: Yeah, I I think everything you said is why we're doing that. Is to you know kind of um, yeah, kind of bring people in who who share the same frustrations, who see what's going on and want to make their voice seen because um, obviously you know, a lot of people don't have the opportunity to have their voice heard um so this is a great great way of doing that where they can turn up um as you know you know what numbers um that that has that makes a statement in itself and um you know what we're standing for you know freedoms for our farmers freedoms for our workforce freedoms for us as human beings freedoms um for everyone freedom to choose whether to get vaxxed or not and not be pressured. um so some those those are yeah some of the things that' we're, we're hoping to achieve is to bring bring people together um so that um, there is a united voice and uh, people know what we're standing for and letting you know letting letting government know that the track that they're going down is is not okay for a lot of us and um the decisions that they're making um is not okay as well and um and also the impacts of their decision making is actually affecting a lot of people everyday people um yeah no,
1: we'll i don't see. know if they
3: answered your question i hope it's yeah
1: there. absolutely no, i think i find one more thing before i hand over to jade if he's got any free but um so the things with lockdowns is that they say they're for our health, right? Is the biggest, yes. the best way for us to pre- pre- to preserve our health is to stay inside and stay away from everybody. Do you, yeah. as a person who works in health, right? Like mental health isn't as important as physical as it is spiritual. You know, yes. if you're from the uh, the Maori world, you 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 think of whole order and have the four yeah. dimensions of health, where it's not just about Uh, your exposure to a virus is the only important thing in your health whether you have regular contact with your family or your community groups are just as important have you noticed um uh, just an example that you want to share where uh the lockdowns have prevented uh a more amount of somebody accessing different ways of improving their health that aren't just related to like medical health
3: yeah 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 well what what we do know as a result of the lockdowns is the well-being of a lot of kiwis a lot of people This, and, and i think this is a worldwide issue as well you know the the implications of being confined to your house every day and you know having having the the voice of um, our politicians or you know the 1 pm um what do you call an hour of shower i don't know what you call it <laughs> but, um you know you kind of get deflated watching it after a while Um, But, you know, what we know is human contact, we're social beings, we've never been designed, we weren't designed to be confined to our own homes, we're social beings, like I've even um, realized myself how much um, or how important to my own well-being social connection is with people. Um, and now' I'm, I'm having to go and see my my family just drive and stay at my car and well hello what he's up to just to get you know kind of just that human interaction mm. and you know as much as I love doing stuff online with zooms and that, uh, uh, that even that's limited in terms of the connection that you get and the well-being that comes from it. so yeah, what we know with um lockdowns is mental health um, has been the resilience of people, has been, you know, kind of challenged because we're confined to uh, our own space and there's no human contact, no human interaction, um, social interaction. And so, yeah, suicide has also been on the rise as well. Um, So one in five, um, we had some statistics released just recently um, for the year 2020 and 2021, one in five texts, that came to our helpline was around suicide and i think two and five two and five texts that came into our helpline was around um, suicide risk um anxiety and depression and self-harm as well so i think that that highlights that a lot of issues take place when we're locked down or confined mm. or isolated. Isolation is one of the key factors that we know in, the, in our field. Isolation is a key factor that um, increases the risk of, or the impact of depression, you know, because we are, we are social beings. So if we're isolated for a long amount of time, then, you know, we, we are at risk of, um, you know, experiencing the impacts of depression. And what we call um, lockdown fatigue, Mm. It's something that I've I've learnt and, um, you know, I'll, I've gone through what what is lockdown fatigue and then I'm like, oh man, that sounds like me. I'm like, you know, feeling tired and you no know, low, low motivation to do things and, uh, you know, just frustrated at the lockdowns. So that, those are some of the symptoms that I've found out um, and I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of us have experienced that during the mm-hmm. lockdowns. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just yeah we're social beings we need that that's for our own mental health and um, that's why like i went out to auckland domain yesterday yeah i did i did go for a drive but you know what there were hundreds of people at auckland domain it was a beautiful day um families you know people kicking the ball around people running people exercising You know majority of them didn't have masks there were some that were lining up to get a coffee some were just sitting in the shade and just enjoying the beautiful day and i went there too and i I did some exercise and enjoyed the sun and was just enjoyed seeing people out and about and happy and even there was mr whoopee down there you know and everyone (laughs) getting ice cream and just you know Doing everything that we do yeah. as Kiwis as New Zealanders
1: immensely yeah. more he- healthier for people to be <laughs> yeah, out there in the exactly. sun, getting some gentle exercise than to be sitting yeah. at home, safe nice from everybody else.
3: Yeah, yeah, nice breeze, and you could hear people laughing here. They see the kids on their bikes, all running around. You know, that's and I was like, man, this is this is therapy, or this is here <laughs> or this is just healing, just. You know observing that letting all my senses go wild and experiencing what it's like to be up there and join us mahia
0: I've, I've got some day. i've got some 101 questions for you so what would you yep. say to the because because not everybody likes this show we we have a we have opposing um views on here all the time um yep uh don't you guys feel this is getting old now the lockdown so we got someone in the chat doco420 don't you feel don't hey, Doco. you don't you feel the lockdowns are getting old now Mark, oh
3: yeah uh, absolutely absolutely that it is it's it's drawn up now it's 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 played up i think um we need a change and we need a you know yeah otherwise what's going to happen what we do know is that the longer lockdown goes the more impact it has on people's well-being and what do we prefer to do um impact everyone in auckland's well-being or um, open up the open up the restrictions and improve well-being what we know too is like you know hey if we improve people's well-being then they they function better and they operate better and You know, there's better outcomes and, you know, we're healthier. And so that's where I'm looking is, like, the longer we stay in lockdown, the more detrimental it is to us. But then, yes, there was COVID up there, but...
0: Yeah, but my question was going to be, before Doko came in, Mahia, my question was going to be, what would your response be to the haters that come into the stream that might say to someone like you, Mahia... This is a public health issue. You just need to put up and shut up and do as you're told. Well,
3: actually, um, I got a great response to that because I know there were some people that were asking um, from some of my comments that I put on social media and videos that, um, hey, the organisers of the event spoke with the police um, the other day and the police are fully supportive of what we're, we're doing on the day and fully um, are going to support us on the day um, because there's going to be a big motorcade of um, tractors, um, cars, motorbikes that are going to be coming along the motorway. So the police are involved. Um, what they've advised us is to ensure that we're all making, uh, wearing masks and that it is, is a peaceful assembly or peaceful gathering. And that's what we're, we're known for uh, when it comes to creating um you know, gatherings is it is a peaceful stand it's going to be a picnic it's going to be a final event um, so you know we're not going to go out there and um, you know throw paint bombs at the police or cause a big massive riot or you know create a violent um, outcome we we're, we're going there for peace and and you know what together the, the reason why the police um, allowed us to go along with this event or go ahead with this event is because they knew and they, they know that this is our right as um, citizens, as Kiwi, as Māori, as Pacifica, as New Zealanders to be able to gather peacefully. And um, so, yeah, we, we're we not going to uh, please everyone, but that's okay. Um, those that, that are keen to jump on board will come. Um, and I think that gives the public reassurance as well that if the police are um are supporting it, then it's okay because we've had those conversations.
0: It, it's interesting and, um, you yeah. say the police are supporting this because like on, on my little notepad off to the side that you can't see, getting my questions ready for today, uh, right yep. at the top was gonna be, aren't you afraid of getting arrested? Aren't you afraid? And even <laughs> if you're not, even if you're not afraid of getting arrested. Aren't you afraid of how the media might spin it if only one or two people are arrested? Aren't you afraid of the optics? Nah, not really. Um, I have
3: been arrested in the past <laughs> for stupid stuff. Um, you know, things that I I just shouldn't have done, obviously because I broke the law. Yeah. Um, but you know, if we were to get arrested, but you know, it's not gonna happen, but just hypothetically if we were to get arrested it'll, it wouldn't look too good in terms of why have you arrested us when we're being peaceful um and there hasn't been any aggravation no violence um so nah not really there is no fear there and i think um because we know that the police understand it's going to be a peaceful event um yeah nah not at all <laughs> Hey, I'd rather get arrested for something that it's um, <laughs> around our freedoms and rights than get arrested for um, trying to bring KFC into Auckland.
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll just see if Simon's got any questions. Fines. Like so, sorry. Fines. Fines. You want to ask a question? So,
2: Mahia, I was... Um, so, if you're not arrested, are you, has there any, been any um, question... About well, what if the police decide to start handing out fines like they were in level four for breaching the locations? two
0: thousand dollar fine? Did you hear about that, my here? People that oh. were, weren't sticking to their bubbles were getting two thousand dollar fines.
3: Wow, oh, well, that, that's quite interesting because I saw a whole lot of people yesterday out in Auckland, <laughs> <I saw> <laughs> um, and so I don't think it'll be an issue like, um. Right. i personally don't think so because you know the it, it's we're perfectly in our, our our rights and i think that's where the whole fear mongering come in as well mm. you know like stay home you can't go out um but we also have a right to movement in our towns and our cities and in our neighborhoods you know it's in the human rights it's part of our bill of rights that we can freely move in in the land <laughs> um obviously with reason, and um, obviously we can't get through the borders. And that's the thing, you know, with the COVID Response um, Act, oh man, even that's shocking because it's really, really restricted people, and it's really, really pulled the noose over another population of New Zealand, of what we can and can't do, and given more powers to the state, and it's ruddy, ruddy rough. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, pass
0: uh, uh, it over to Simon, but the, the I really want to ask you this, Mahia, because I obviously know you're a youth worker. Yes. Why, why do you think it is that it's not been laid out to Aotearoa's young people that the vaccine only has provisional approval? Why, why do you think it's not been highlighted that it's not actually been completed medical trials yet what do you think that is
3: well i i think you know what people know that young people are, are impressionable and will will follow what 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 kind of uh, what people in power will say um though they, they they you know that they, they'll try with adults um but they know that it, it's uh it's a, a sealed deal if they um give young people um and like kind of coerce bribe whatever they do to try to get people vaccinated um but for me that's where i'm like no where's this other information you need to give two sides of the the um Mm. the argument so that these young people can make an informed choice and an informed decision and they've got all the information that they need accurate good accurate information um to make sound decisions and that's what we advocate as youth workers is giving young people and in fact that's one of the top so there's six principles of youth development and one of them is good information good youth development is um giving young people accurate up-to-date good information so that they can make sound choices with whatever they want to do with their health and well-being with the future or whatever um but i i think they're trying to pull the wool over, over our young people's eyes, um, and they know that young people are a bit more easier to convince or easier to um, put them into the sheep pen, as to say, um, are probably more compliant as well. Um, however, that's why there's voices like myself and many mm-hmm. who will um, really encourage them to educate themselves around your rights as a human being, as a young person. Your rights are a 15, 16, 18, 19... 12 year old um and stand through in those because you know it's important and maybe maybe that's part of the reason why too is that um you know, the politicians or whoever at the top um are hoping that their ignorance um of their rights is gonna allow them to you know get away with stuff um but you know i i really think there's some financial um Things involved as well, you know. I, I'm I'm kind of trying to. I've been trying to research like how much is each um, health provider getting for each vaccination?
0: Exactly. Um, I know for I know
3: for tests. <laughs> I know for the COVID. I know for the COVID tests, they get a. I think it's around two hundred and eighty dollars per test that's completed. So if you times it by one million, that's a lot of money for a health provider um or health providers so i'm thinking how much money is um providers or the government getting per vaccine shot i don't know it's hard to find that information unless you're in the in the circles yeah that's why that's why i think our youth our youth voice is important and at the you know i'm advocating don't don't forget our young people don't forget our uh, youth they're just as important as adults do forget their voice. So we're being very vocal mm. in terms of getting youth voices heard around some of the issues that are um, happening today in our world of New Zealand. Um, and that's why I'll, I'll, I'm going to be a strong advocate for young people as well, um, because I want to ensure that they have good, accurate information um, and that they're not coerced, they're not forced, they're not pressured, they're not sucked in, they're not bribed, they're not like... Um, and then, oh, I feel out of place, so I have to fit in and try. And oh, yeah, I'll jump in with you because I'm out of place and go along with what you're doing. So, um, yeah, you I want to cannot
0: help me. tell you how refreshing this conversation is. Simon and I are in violent agreement with most of what you've said today. Um, this, awesome. uh, this has been a great chat. We're probably looking at needing to wrap in a second. But Simon, any final questions for Mahia before we uh, promote the heck out of what Mahia is doing? Um,
1: it's I don't know if it's much of a question, but it's more of a bit of an observation and I guess a bit of a message. But um, yeah, I'm sure you might have must, must be following what's going on in Australia. And you can see that publicly, they're a few months ahead of the curve because They've had months and months of lockdowns, and and their their industries are a lot more have uh, you know been affected than us. But you can see that very recently, these what were supposed to be peaceful events have turned not very peaceful once they've been instigated and um, inflamed by the the policing powers that come in to extinguish the protests. And I just yeah. guess, um, is your team? taking any precautions or being aware that potentially you could have all the peaceful intentions that you might have, but it is in the best interests of the state powers that be that they antagonize you until um, they can paint you as an aggressive group of people breaking Mm. COVID um, rules. Yeah. No, that's a great question. Um, And
3: what I would say to that is, you know, we've been, We've been pushing the message amongst the people who have been coming that this is a peaceful march, you know, or not a march, a peaceful gathering. And we're not, our, our intent is not to cause any, you know, be violent. Our intent is not to be, um, you know, yeah, not to kind of um, demonstrate what's happened around the world in terms of some of the, the marches or protests that they've done. And um, we, we've been quite clear from the get-go and we have also prepared too that if there are people who do turn up who are um you know have other intentions then rock as it up. As, <laughs> yeah as long as we we are reminding ourselves that we're we're remaining peaceful this is not about violence it is a peaceful gathering there's more i think there's more to take away from a peaceful gathering than there is from a violent one and I think um, we don't know who's going to turn up as well. You now, there may be some who oppose, um, but I know I, what I do know is that there is going to be security there. And I know um, I, I, I'm a sh- I, I'm quite sure, yes, I'm sure, yeah, the police will be there too. Um, but it is going to be peaceful and we have no intentions. If there is any violence or anything, it'll probably from be from external people. Um, who don't have contact with us because that, that is our intention. Because we're going to have kids there. We're going to yes. have families there. It is a family picnic. Um, what I forgot to mention too is that there's going to be the farmers are bringing 10 tonne of food, um, produce from their farms um, to give away. That's, um, amazing. that's just their way yeah. of, um, you know, respect. Yeah, yeah, give And then, yeah, I just heard also yesterday that there's going to be another. 10 ton of food like eggs and bread and different things and um so we're encouraging people to bring bags um those because especially at a time like this with lockdown you know finances can be a tight for some families and food food can be um you know scarce in some homes so hey give it up to all the farmers and some of the charities that are on board that are giving food and providing food so um yeah it is going to be a peaceful um peaceful gathering and we do have a team that's put in place to ensure that that's um,
1: mm. that's maintained uh, yeah yeah that's good because you there's examples up and down the country all through history across the world of yeah. um, peaceful organizations that have been hijacked and infiltrated by government organizations to discredit yeah. them um, yeah. you know the apartheid tour here in New Zealand yes. um, the, the, the the anti-vietnam war movement in the United States um, even even things like um, uh, the the well depending either either side so the people from antifa who pla- who protest yeah, black yeah, lives, yeah. lives matters there's yeah. definitely people who are antagonizing those protests to make them violent yeah. and then on the same side of the people who protesting like the american election a lot of those people that rushed the um into the capitol state building have come out yes. to be federal agents you know yeah, so yeah. It, it, it it's quite a common tactic so i just i hope that's us yeah. the, hope they don't try um on Saturday, because it's it's, a, it's pretty underhanded. And I hope it's a very peaceful event that goes successful yeah. for all of you. And, and the whole community comes out to um to get behind the cause and, and take advantage of some free client. I that'd be awesome.
0: Mahia, you've given us almost an hour of your time, which we are extremely grateful. I, I do have one question, and, and I'm mindful how pointed this sounds being the last question of the podcast. <laughs> But, hey, they, what they say the last the last <laughs> save the best for last save the best for last you do realize the media will absolutely vilify you if anybody gets covered from that event you realize that don't you
3: yeah absolutely and <laughs> and, and and i think um you know some of the directives and um, information that we've been given is that's why they wanted us to wear masks on yep. the day, was just to take pre- safety precaution. There going to be sanitizer and all the, obviously all the crowd control. Um, what do you call it? Things put in place, safety plans put in yep. place. So that's why uh, police have directly um, informed us: please bring masks and, um, you know, But at the same time, yeah. And that's it you know when <laughs> when um when people when our rights are kind of squashed like it's like hey we have this freedom together peacefully but um government and people are telling us this so it's like that's the dilemma that we have yeah. with a whole lot of different things eh? yeah um so that's yeah I, and i think you know, knowing that the police are going to be there and supporting us is um is a big um, plus for us but i also say for those who do come and want to cause division or want to cause violence you know at the end of the day it's going to show who they are and it's probably going to highlight how we are as as a movement and as people um, because you know we're, we're all yeah like you said antifa got found out the federal agents got found out you know and if these people that try to come um, and cause division and cause violence to get found out, then it's going to make them look silly. But it, it actually might make us look good because we've been able to be composed and be peaceful regardless of whatever the situation is.
0: Mahia, we, we've got to wrap now, but before, <laughs> b- before we wrap this interview, uh, tell people how they can get involved and how they can find your movement on the internet, please.
3: Awesome. Um, so you can jump on Facebook um, or Instagram, search up Freedoms and Rights Coalition, um, or look for the hashtags #FreedomsNZ um, or oh dear, uh, the I forgot the website. But if you go go to the um, yeah Facebook Freedoms and Rights Coalition, also next um, Saturday, eleven a.m. at Auckland Domain. Um, come and join us if you're in Auckland, if you're on Whangare, Hamilton, Tauranga, Whakatane, Rotorua, Wellington, Christchurch, Nelson. Um, if you're in any of those locations, there's going to be something local for you if you um, want to join in as well. And it is for everyday people, it's for the trainees, it's for the nurses, the teachers, it's for us, for those of us who are in the disability community. Um, and I encourage some of us because you Know one last thing, can I share this? Sure, go think, ahead. Suppose, this is your I suppose segment. Because,
0: this is your segment
3: because, and I suppose because we are some of us, like I know Jade and um uh Hannah, we are from the disability community, yeah. And you know, I'm looking, my wife and I, we're trying to buy a house, and it's like, where are all the accessible homes? Oh, when don't don't a give me started, right? mate. Don't get there's another podcast. <laughs> 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 we have a human right to um accessible housing so i'm like i don't want to have to buy a a, a house that's not um accessible and then have to pay more money to get it um you know
1: well
3: renovated yeah
1: barely livable, yeah being
3: livable for someone that's a wheelchair user you know Mm. and i'm like even that alone is like hey where's our rights where where's the out voices where have we, become, have we been um, just pushed to the side and, oh, you're over there, and um, yeah, I'm Absolutely. like, nah, that's, that's not okay. And that's, that's another angle of why I'm, I'm going there next Saturday too, is to stand for us, those who are um, a part of the disability community, you know, um, and, that, and that irks me, and I've been discriminated from applying jobs, applying for jobs you know, because I'm in a the wheelchair, mm. and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't, uh, we're community-based, and, um, yeah, and this is a, this is a, a, a DHB organization. Oh, and this wow. Like, Come on, man, mm-hmm. and, um, and it, yeah, and then those are some of the things that I'm standing for, too, you know? the, the, the discrimination we face is people from the disability community.
0: Mahia Mukoraka from the Freedom New Zealand movement. It's been so great to have you on the show this evening. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after these messages from the good people at Twitch. That was Mahia Mokoraka uh, from the Freedom New Zealand Movement. Um, Simon, it's been a good couple of hours. I think we should move in to final thoughts. What do you think? Yeah,
1: man, it's been a blast. Two hours just kind of flew by, uh, stimulating conversation. As um, as our friend Mahia said, um, so I mean, yeah, it's been oh, a lot of information to take in um and he just made a lot of great points it's very it was very nice to um to hear someone from a movement make some really well articulated points about the wide range of effects on our community that the um the current COVID response is happening you know just a division um via vaccination status that we kind of touched on but mainly just on the suppression of our freedom our suppression of our natural human instinct to be connected um into into intertwined you know humans our lives are meant to bounce and reflect off each other not to exist as separate you know threads in time um so yeah it's it will be very interesting to see what comes of the movement um in the protest because every sort of uh in-person public display is to warrant a response and and it's just natural to kind of war game things out and play it out in your head and think okay well what are the likely responses and something that i talked about briefly and i honestly think is possibly quite likely and a little bit concerned that could happen is the the um debating of of this this peaceful group into a situation kind of like what he said when you have your freedom squash it's the same tactic they use with um, public displays of protesters they'll squish them into an area where the group of people feel backed up and confined, and all they're trying to do is antagonise them into approaching the line of defence, you know, try and engage with the police, and then they can they can have free licence to um, go out and start um, dishing out some pain. So, I mean, that's one of the possibilities. The other thing I think could happen is, um, you know, they you just get a whole bunch of people fined on the spot which I don't think would happen uh, the the biggest thing I think happens is that the whole group gets demonized maybe they pick on some people who um who are you know quite happy to engage with media on the day and then those people get doxed and their lives ruined like me like I'm just thinking the worst thing that could happen from this day is three news go along and interview some you know dad with his kids or something and he starts saying i think you you know it's rubbish all these rules whatever he might make some points and then all of a sudden the online social media just tarnishes him they go after his workplace
0: they go after his kid they twist the context of what he was saying which is so important the context of what you're saying is almost more important than what you're captured saying
1: Yeah, dude, and it's just so worrisome. I could see some parents must be so scared about balancing their rights of being able to dictate the health of their child versus getting child protection services called on them for potentially, you know, restricting healthcare to their kids. It's 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 the same situation spun different ways. But you know, you could have a parent looking out for the best interests of themselves, but in the same media story, that person could be vilified for negligence and. Um, you know, could potentially lose their child if they're
0: in, like, a split parenting relationship. Exactly. Or, yeah. What, what I saw the real value of that interview for me is that, Simon, I'm worried that people like ourselves are being framed as, like, freakazoid individuals. What, I, what I'm hoping people will see from this demonstration is that... It's not a bunch of extremist, right-wing, freakazoid individuals that want to be free. It's actually regular, everyday New Zealand people and whanau.
1: Mm -hmm. It is just everyday people. It's people who want to be left alone and to just exist in a free and just society and not have their life completely dictated to them from start to finish. I mean, it's just for these people and for people similar to us, we just think, is it not too much to ask to have the the quintessential freedoms that humans should be born with?
0: Hannah, I wonder if you've got any final thoughts before yeah, we wrap. Yeah.
2: So, um, one thing I was going to say following on is okay, first off, we're adults and um, now the virus is going to be a part of our future Um, I think it's going to be something that we're just going to learn to live with, if you're not feeling well just don't go out and don't don't abuse the situation and spread COVID around just simple, but then the continuation is what I picked up from what Mahia said was really what I've notice is um and I've really been disgusted with is having that balanced view about um the vaccine so it's not happening and the situation that I find in here is that um the two sides aren't being sold and then you know from our leaders of the country they're saying oh you've got to get just do it 90 just do it it's all right that's fine and then uh how you know i think it's so disgusting how people are being told, oh you get it you get 10 point 10 house points oh that made and me cringe
0: how about you sir
1: yeah, I heard about that already. I just, <laughs> yeah, when he brought that up, it just brought it back to me. It's just—it is—it makes your skin crawl. It's—it's. It's, if you thought a vaccine was a great idea, you you would think maybe there are some things that would be could offer that would give people real tangible benefit f- to get this vaccine. Now, why in the world would you offer fictitious points for a silly? school-based house competition for somebody to undertake a medical procedure as serious as getting a vaccine that was developed last year in response to a virus that they'd known about for six months
2: yeah and what i was also gonna say is that so it's also not being told the truth about uh
0: The provisional use.
2: The provisional use, because I heard of a story today that an adult with children was told, (laughs) oh no, it's all good.
0: It's definitely approved. And I was like,
2: it's definitely definitely
0: not approved.
2: It's definitely approved. Oh, the Ministry of Health approved it. Oh, who's Medi- and then somebody said MediSafe didn't approve it. Who's MediSafe? what do they matter they don't do anything well they're the ones who have to approve it and they haven't approved it
0: real far real fast i know we're kind of jumping around trying to wrap up the show simon were you aware that as of last week taking into account you know 2020 when this all started there have been 14 deaths from the vaccine in new zealand none of which is reported easily searchable on the MediSafe website.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anybody who looks up um, vaccine injury within New Zealand can find that with a couple clicks, but you don't hear anyone talking about it because no. because apparently they've all been investigated and there was no plausible link from their death to the vaccine. So thank you very much for those people investigating and telling me that I have absolutely nothing to worry about their vaccine, that they're pushing on me um with every facet that they can think of
2: One and other thing to the real fu- is, no, real okay. fast okay. is <laughs> what with that status it's not also added in the um the the force of required abortions or miscarriages for babies, because of an indiv- individual taking the vaccine.
0: Yeah, I think we, I think we covered, I think we covered that briefly last week. Yeah, but, I uh, but like
2: fourteen deaths plus.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But what I was going to say in response to what Simon said is like inconclusive evidence. Sure, I read those statements as well. Uh yes. Yeah, sorry about it to those fourteen people that died. How about we just tell their families and no one cares why they died. E- even if they can directly correlate it to the vaccine. Oh, well, you know, whatever. Move on. Anyway, with that artful awkward pause, I think uh, we're going to leave it there.
2: Can we do a tribute?
0: For today, Hannah's reminded me of one more thing we need to do. And we're going to do that really quickly, because, yeah, we're running out of time.
2: So, I just want to bring up, um, we have suddenly got some sad news today. Uh, now, we've been informed that one of our followers, um, their wife, actually reached out to Jade, and he was a good friend and we'd actually talked about meeting him at twitchcon one day and he's an impressive man but sad to say that um this was his username um his the streamer smack has passed away uh and he's left a wife and some a few beautiful children mm. but you're a good man smack and thank you so much for for who you are and the love and support you gave to others thank you
0: yeah he he definitely brought energy to the stream simon i I think you've interacted with him at least a handful of times
1: yeah wow i didn't i mean i knew you'd had um uh, a fan passed away but I didn't know the name it instantly recognised as soon yep. as said it yeah I mean yep. we definitely had a couple back and forths through the <laughs> chat so um, my condolences to the whanau um, yep. and rest easy to the to the big man
0: but in wrapping I just want to say to everybody out there thank you for being with us for Here's What We Know episode 6 hope you like the whole new layout and we'll continue to tweak this as we go simon been an absolute pleasure working with you as always looking forward to next week um feel free to follow me on social media you'll find uh copies of this episode on apple itunes we have it on youtube we have it on odyssey we're exploring all all kinds of avenues to make sure people can get this content but for now thank you for being a part of the channel thank you for being a part of the journey please stay awesome
1: and we'll see you all in the next one we'll see you soon